Hey there, this is Michael Burris. I'm the lead pastor of Summit View Church in Irving, Kentucky, and this is our podcast. I hope this podcast encourages you, I hope it inspires you, and I hope it helps you to start seeing your life from God's perspective. Thanks for joining us today. Now enjoy the message. We are in our final uh, week of our Crazy Maker series. Has anybody been enjoying it a little bit? Anybody been able to, uh, to use some of this stuff um, last week? Happy Thanksgiving. You got to deal with Cousin Eddie all week, and um, it's, I'm sure you loved it as much as uh, everybody loves that crazy family member. But in this series, we're learning how to deal with the crazy makers in our lives. We're learning how to deal with the, the people that drive us nuts and we can find peace in our relationships. And our, um, our series verse comes out of Luke chapter 6 and verse 32. And it says this. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And what Jesus is saying is it's easy to love the people that we agree with, that um, we're on the same page with, but it gets real hard to start loving the people that don't, have, don't share our same views, our same beliefs, our same values. Um, they just intentionally try to drive you crazy. Jesus said, um, actually, you're going to be more blessed if you love those people in your lives than if you love the people that you just agree with. So, um, this morning as we jump in, um, we're going to hang out for a little while in uh, 1 Samuel 15. We're going to the Old Testament, so it's going to be in the first half of your Bible. Um, we don't go here a whole, a whole lot, but I love to go here every now and then. We're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 15. If you guys don't have a Bible, if you don't have the phone app, you can look on the screens um, to my left and right. And uh, you can read along there. We're going to be jumping a few verses here because that's a whole lot to read all at once. But we're going to be jumping here to uh, get to some of the main points. Starting in verse 3, it says, Now go, now this is the prophet Samuel talking to the king named Saul at the time. Um, he was appointed king. He was, uh, ordained. he was appointed. He was ordained. He was anointed the king of all of Israel by God himself. And uh, Saul was the chosen one. And Samuel is the prophet. He's the one that hears from God and he communicates what he's heard. And so he's talking to King Saul right now and Samuel says this, Now go, attack the Amalekites and totally destroy all that belongs to them. Do not spare them. Put to death men and women, children and infants, cattle and sheep, camels and donkeys. Don't spare any of them. Jump down to verse 7. Then Saul attacked the Amalekites all the way from Havilah to Shur, next to the eastern border of Egypt. He took Agag, king of the Amalekites, bless me, um, and all his people totally destroyed with the sword. But Saul and the army spared Agag and the best of the sheep and cattle, the fat calves and the lambs, everything that was good. They were unwilling to destroy completely, but everything that was despised and weak, they totally destroyed. So God said in verse 3, take out everything. And then in verse 7, we see that, okay, they attack and they take out, they take all, all the stuff that they can live without. But they kept all the stuff that they really had their eye on that they were um, kind of, oh, that's good, that's good for me. That's, that's a fat calf. I'm going to take that baby on. And then we jump down to verse 12 through um, Verses 12 here, and it says this, Early in the morning, Samuel got up, the prophet, and he went to meet Saul. But he was told, Saul has gone to Carmel, 
There he set up a monument in his own honor and has turned and gone on down to Gilgal. When Samuel reached him, Saul said, The Lord bless you. I've carried out the Lord's instructions. And Samuel said, Then what is this bleeding of sheep in my ears? What is this lowing of the cattle that I hear? And Saul answered, Well, the soldiers brought them in from the Amalekites. They spared the best of the sheep and the cattle to sacrifice to the Lord your God, but we totally destroyed the rest. Verse 19, why did you not obey the Lord? Uh, this is Samuel saying it to Saul. Why didn't you obey the Lord? Why didn't you not pounce on the pl- why did you pounce on the plunder and do evil in the eyes of the Lord? But I did obey the Lord, Saul said. I went on the mission and the Lord assigned me. I completely destroyed the Amalekites and brought back Agag, their king. The soldiers took sheep and cattle from the plunder, the best of what was devoted to God, in order to sacrifice them to the Lord your God at Gilgal. But Samuel replied, Does the, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much in, as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than to sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination, and arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Then Saul said to Samuel, and this is where we're focusing today. Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned. I have violated the Lord's commands and your instruction. I was afraid of the men, so I gave in to them. Now I beg you, forgive my sin and come back with me so that I may worship the Lord. So when I was in school, um, I was one of those kids. I just always wanted to fit in. And, and really, honestly, I would just do whatever it took, like, on my end, I would do whatever it took to, to fit in with the right crowds, the people that I was wanting to be friends with. For years and years, I just lived kind of in everybody else's shadow, and I just tagged along with what everybody else was doing because that was my best way to kind of be in the crowd, you know, to, be, to fit in with them. And many times, this desire to fit in just really backfired, and it caused me to do things that I normally wouldn't do. There were times that maybe I would, I would bully somebody because... Everybody else was bullying them, and so to fit in, I just wanted to jump on board the train, so I was, you know, one of the guys, or um, sometimes it just meant that I'd go to parties, and I'd drink, and I'd hang out, when honestly, I just really thought it would probably be better to stay and relax at home, but I'd go to the parties, because that's what everybody was doing. I just wanted to fit in with everybody, and many times, my desire to please people got me into some trouble, so there was this one night. Um, if you're on the team, you've heard this story probably a few times, but there was this one night that, um, like, all my friends and stuff were partying, were drinking, and it was, it was Coach Laxon, if you hear this, I'm so sorry. We're, we're at my house, and we were drinking out in the back pasture. My wrestling coach adopted me and, and raised me in high school, and so we're at, we're at his house, and we're, like, in the pasture. He has 40 acres of Cowfield, so it's hard to to track you down there. And so we were drinking, and then somebody had the great idea: um, let's go smash some mailboxes. And I was like, I don't, I don't know. There's something in my gut that was like, no, don't do that. Don't do it. Something's gonna go wrong. But then they're like, no, let's do it. Let's do it. And I was like, all right, I'll do it. And then they're like, and let's take your car. And I was like, no. I drove a Toyota Camry. I still drive a Toyota Camry. But I drove a Toyota Camry. Not the best anyway. I don't know why they chose my car. People had trucks and stuff. But anyway, um, this is not uh, me saying to anyone, go smash mailboxes, by the way. So uh, they were like, hey, 
let's take your car and let's go do it. I was like, eh, I don't know about that. And they're like, come on. They pressured me and pressured me. And finally, I gave in. I said, all right, let's go take my car. And so we went out, not very smart, went out and uh, we, we smashed like 97 mailboxes. It's crazy. The problem was they're in my own neighborhood and we were the mailbox that wasn't smashed. And so there, it wasn't too hard to figure out who went around smashing all the stuff. So we got caught and uh, we had to pay back all the, luckily we didn't get, char- we, didn't get char- we didn't catch a charge, right? But but we had to pay back all of the money for every single mailbox that was smashed. And I tell you what, mailboxes, uh, you don't realize how much they cost until you got to pay for 97 of them. And, uh, but, but my desire to please people got me into a situation in that moment that honestly... Um, it influenced my life. It shaped my life. Luckily, I took the right path away from it, but um, it, was, it was a moment there that I, I could have been in real big trouble if it were not for the mercy of God. That, like, that's a federal offense, smashed all the mailboxes, and I could have been in real trouble. But the thing that got me there was not that my desire to go out and smash mailboxes. It was my desire to please people. It was my desire to fit in that caused me to be in a place where I would even be receptive to the idea of going out and destroying other people's property. This, this, this desire to please people will sometimes end up in you um, damaging or destroying parts of your life. Now, I believe that every person is at, you got a little bit of a people pleaser inside of us, like every single person. And in fact, if you're never tempted to please people, you might be a jerk. <laughs> but we all have a little bit of people pleaser in us. And the, the, the title of today's message is um, Ending the People Pleaser in Us. Ending the People Pleaser in Us. See, as a, as a pastor, even more today, I've got to be honest, as a pastor, when it comes to being a people pleaser... I am a repeat offender <laughs> over and over. We all carry that weight of people's expectations. Um, and many times our desire to please people ends up becoming a trap that the enemy of your soul, the devil, sets for you. But today, we're going to learn how to avoid those traps. So before I begin, okay, it, I want to make it clear that um, wanting the approval of other people is not a bad thing. It's not. We all were created that way. Like, you do need the approval of other people in your life. You need that. It's healthy to want approval from your parents, from your friends, from your spouse. That's, that's a good thing. That's something that drives us to be good is that we want the approval of those that we care about most. There's nothing um, wrong with wanting to be loved. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be liked and approved of. But there is something wrong when it starts controlling our lives and starts making us act outside of our values and act outside of um, those predetermined decisions that we talked about last week. Because the Bible commands us not just to live for ourselves. The person who has no desire to, to please anyone else, anyone else is, um, they're called a sociopath. And just like, but just like all of God's good gifts, 
what's a good thing that's in your life, a legitimate, uh, legitimate need, it can be misused, it can be mistranslated, and it can be used um, to control your life even though it isn't meant to. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 25 says this, Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. The fear of man is a trap. The, the people pleaser in us is setting us up to be taken down. The desire that we want nothing else than to make everyone else around us happy can end up being the one thing that destroys you the most. So what happens when we fall into this trap of trying to please everybody else? Number one, you can write this down. Number one, we miss God's purpose for our life. We miss God's purpose for our life. You can't be worried about being what everybody else wants you to be and focus what, on what God created you to be at the same time. They're mutually exclusive. You can't do both. You can't be worried about what everyone else is driving you toward and what God is driving you toward at the same time. It's just, we have to live to please God. If we're trying to be what other people want us to be, to meet their expectations, to fulfill their purpose for my life, I'm missing out on the purpose that God has for my life. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4 says this, We are not trying to please people but God who tests our hearts. We can't go around living and trying to please people and putting them on a pedestal that only God is wanting to take, only God is wanting to stand on. Then number two, a second trap, we stop growing in our faith. We stop growing in our faith. When we try to please everybody, it stunts our ability to grow in our relationship with Jesus. It stunts our ability. God and people, they can't be equal in our lives. They just can't. One of them has to answer to the other. And it's up to you to decide who's going to be the greater voice that's steering you. The greater voice that's influencing you and, 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 and pushing you onward. Now don't hear what I'm not saying, okay? Love, love God and loving people are... They're, they're not mutually exclusive. Like, you can love God and love people. In fact, God says that the way that you love people shows me the way that you love me. But in order for your love for people to grow, you have to love God first. It's a both and thing. I love God and then I start loving people. But God has to come first. Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Everything that God has ever said to do hangs on the two commandments to love God first and then love people second. It'll, st it'll keep us from growing in our faith. And then number three, this, this other trap that we're more likely to fall into sin. When we become people pleasers, when we start following everyone else's directions for our life, we're more likely to fall into sin. We all sin, but every one of us could give examples of 
doing that wrong thing because we gave in to peer pressure just much like I did with the mailboxes. Exodus chapter 23 verse 2 says this, Do not follow the crowd in doing wrong. Because the crowd, most of the time, is going to be doing wrong. Don't follow them. It's a trap. The Bible is full of examples of of good people that fall into temptation because they fall into the trap of peer pressure. They fall into the trap of fearing man. And the Bible is full of these examples And every single time it ends in that person's misery. It ends in their destruction. It ends in their desolation of their household. It ends in heartbreak. All because they decided to follow what people wanted for their lives rather than following what God wanted. Ask yourself this question. In what area of my life am I caving in to the expectations of others? What area of my life am I, am, I, am I giving in to peer pressure? Proverbs chapter 1 verse 10 says this, My son, if sinful men entice you, do not, get, do not give in to them. The crowd's going to try to get you to do it. But you have to stand up and say no. They taught me that in Dare. You just say no. Is Dare still around? Do they still do that? Nope. All right. Uh, just say no. All right, funny story. So I was sitting, um, I was at Excite Night, um, and, uh, and I was sitting with one of my friends, and um, I can't remember what just happened, but, you know, people started standing up, and this happens all the time at, like, sporting events and, and things like that. People will, like, stand up and start giving a standing ovation, right? And, like, yeah, I thought it was great, too, right? But sometimes I just want to sit there, you know? <laughs> Don't let Don't judge me. Sometimes I just want to sit there, but then you like see everybody else start standing up around you and you're like peer pressured into your stand. You start standing too. You're like, yeah, I just can't wait to sit back down. You guys did great, but I just want to sit back down. Is is that not happening to anybody else but me? Is that just me? Y'all are. All right, cool. Perfect. All right, well, that wraps up today. Um, No. But Jesus knew this tendency about the human heart to, that we have this desire to please people and we'll give into it. In chapter, um, Luke chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus says this, You are the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of others, but God knows your heart. God can see our heart and see that we have this desire to please people. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 18, it says, For it is not the one who commends himself, who lifts himself up, who, who causes himself to sound like more than he is and congratulates himself. It's not the person who commends himself who's approved. It's the person that the Lord commends that's approved. It's not what other people think about you. It's what God thinks about you. So how do I break this people-pleaser trap? I'm so glad you asked me this morning. You have to change the way that you think. It all starts by changing the way that you think because the prison, it happens all here between your two ears. You have to change the way that you think in order to change the way that you act. You can't do it the other way around. That's why people, that's why the people that are most successful at recovering from addiction go into places that rewire their brain to think a a different way. 
And then they're able to change their habits. The people that try to stop it on their own and try to change their habits usually end up falling right back into it because you can't get it out of order. You have to change the way that you think before you change the way that you act. And God knows this because in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says this, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. The way that you change your life is by changing your mindset, by changing the way that you think about things. So here's three ways that we can combat people-pleasing Number one, you have to recognize that you can't please everyone. Sounds so simple, but it's so true. Guys, God can't even please everyone. God can't even do it. He's perfect. In fact, Jesus lived a perfect life, and they murdered him. You can't please Everyone, you have to recognize that. Luke chapter 6, verse 26, Jesus uses some strong words here even. He says, woe to you. And not like, woe. No, it's like, woe means like, that's not good. Woe to you if everyone speaks well of you. Guys, if everybody around you is talking good to you, I can almost guarantee there's somebody talking about you that you're not, when you're not around. Because when everyone's speaking good about you, there's something that you have to be concerned about. Maybe you're not taking a stand in the right things. Maybe you're just going with the flow. You're falling into this trap of people pleasing. But you can't please everybody. You can't please everyone. You don't need to please everyone. And God doesn't expect you to please everyone. If you look to anybody else other than Jesus to make you happy, you're going to stay unhappy. Isaiah chapter 51, Jesus, um, the word of Jesus is, is spoken here. It says, I'm the one who comforts you. God is the one who comforts us. So why are you afraid of mere humans who wither like grass and disappear? God's the one who comforts us. Don't worry about the humans that are just going to, they're going to stop like living one day. But God exists. God promised to never reject his children too. So if you're, if you're living for people's approval, it's going to fail. But if you're living for God's approval, the moment that you have that relationship with Jesus, you've got it. Psalm chapter 27, even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. He won't reject you. He won't push you away. It doesn't matter what you do. He's not going to push you away. He's not going to reject you. You've got to recognize that you can't please everyone. Number two, you got to give up on earning others' approval. Give up on it. If you realize you can't please everybody, just stop trying. Give up on earning people's approval. I have God's approval because what Jesus did on the cross. I don't need anyone else's to be happy as I live this life. God approves of me and that's all that I need to know. John chapter 5, verse 30, Jesus said, I seek not to please myself. Now this is Jesus. I don't even seek to please myself, but the one who sent me. His life, his perfect life, he didn't, he didn't do anything for his own gain, his own selfish motive. He only sook, is that the right word, to please God. Is it seeked or sook? I don't know. Y'all tell me later. 
Sought. That's it. Yes. Thank God for Trent in my life. Sought. Is sook even a word? Nope. All right. Cutting that out of the podcast. All right. Cool. Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. Man, I'm dumb. Paul says this, I'm not trying to be a people pleaser. No, I'm trying to please God. If I were still trying to please people, I would not be Christ's servant. There's not a way to be Jesus' servant and please people at the same time. You've got to give up on earning others' approval. I want you to know this. If you don't hear anything else today, listen to this. If you live for man's approval, you will die by their criticisms. If you live for man's approval, you will die by their criticisms. The one time that they say something about you that you don't like, you're going to crumble. Because you've built your life on trying to earn their approval and trying to earn their love. You can't do it. And then number three. You have to value what matters most over what matters now. Value what matters most over what matters now. Here's a a quiz. Name the five most important things to you in high school. How many of those things matter now? Like, how many do you even remember? Like, maybe a couple, just a few? Because those things pass away. Because that's not what matters most. It's what mattered at the time. 1 John chapter 2, verse 17 says this, The world and everything in it that people desire is passing away. But those who do the will of God will live forever. Guys, short-term thinking leads to people pleasing. But an eternal perspective leads to freedom. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 16, verse 15. The things that are highly valued by people are worth nothing in God's sight. The things that you put on the pedestal are worth nothing in God's sight. Why? Because they're going to pass away. Success, wealth, fame, every one of them is temporary. Every one of them is going to end. It's going to pass away. But God is eternal. You only need God's approval. Guys, and people will try to pull on you. They'll try to reprioritize your life to best suit their needs. God, this was told to me, and it, it was just, it's just so true. Everyone else has a great plan for your life. Everybody else has a great plan for your money. Everyone else has a great plan for your family. That doesn't mean that you need to go with it. When you encounter those situations, people pulling on you from every angle, they want you to to move into what they want for you and what they want for your life. When you encounter these situations, I want you to remember this. Saying yes will earn you popularity. But saying no will earn you respect. You don't have to say yes to everything. You don't have to say yes and give in to everything that people want. 
I would much rather be a man of integrity than the most popular man in the area. I'd rather stay true to my values and not burn myself out running on things that don't really even matter. I've got to value what matters most over what matters now. And usually what matters now matters to other people more than it matters to me. Everybody's urgency is not your emergency. Sometimes you got to say no. You got to say no to the good things so you can say yes to the best things. You know, one day I'm going to stand before God and I'm going to give an account of my life before Him. Romans chapter 14 says it. Yes, each of us will have to give a personal account to God. There'll be a moment that I stand before Him. And you know what? His question to me is not going to be, do I let you into heaven or not? No, because I'm with Jesus. I'm getting in. But I'm going to stand before God, and you know what He's going to do? He's going to look at all the things that I've ever done in life, He's going to throw out everything that didn't matter. Everything that didn't have an an impact on eternity, God's throwing it out. But then he rewards you for all the times that you served him and all the times that you made an eternal impact in someone else's life. In fact, he's going to give you jewels for it. He's going to give you jewels to put in your crown over all all the times that you've impacted other people's life in their eternity you're going to throw it at his feet because you're going to see that all that doesn't everything pales in comparison to God's approval the longer you walk with Jesus the more that you're going to encounter pressure you're going to have the choice to engage God's truth in love or you're going to have the choice to cave under the pressure of everyone else's expectations in those moments in my life I, had to rem- I have to remind myself of three things I remind myself of what Jesus did for me I remember that I'm going to give an account to God one day and then I remember that integrity is more important than popularity is what you're doing making a difference in the eternity of yourself or someone else right now Is what you're doing making a difference in someone else's life that's going to affect their eternity? If the answer is no, then this is a really good time to stop. (laughs) Don't text them now, but you can wait until later. No more. That's a really good time to use this as a turning point for your life that you're no longer going to just give in to the expectations and the pressure of people because you are gonna value what matters most over what matters now. Well, thanks for joining us today. I pray that this message had an incredible impact on your life. If you want more information about our church, you can check us out online at summitview.online. We hope we get to see you on a Sunday very, very soon. But until then, Have a great week.